Mindfulness Mode 198. It's so, so, so powerful to be able to feel safe in releasing that anger or frustration and express that you get an amazing amount of clarity, an amazing level of forgiveness, an amazing level of lightness. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, I'm looking for ways I can improve my show, so I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you fill in a three-question survey? I asked this on my last episode, and I want to thank so many of you for already filling this in. It's been great to get the feedback. It will really help me know what you prefer as I consider making some changes to the show's format. Just a short three-question survey. That's what it is. I'd really appreciate your help. Go to Mind mindfulnessmode.com forward slash survey three that's mindfulnessmode.com forward slash survey three hey mindful tribe last time on mindfulness mode i interviewed a man who shares captivating stories of his life as a self-described loser and later a clinical psychologist. He worked with prisoners. He did so many fascinating things and he's really created an amazing life for himself. Check out Tim Laskus on episode 197 and he now has a podcast of his own called the Tim Laskus Show. So check that out as well. Really great. Today, a men's coach who has an uncanny ability to dig in and help men find clarity and forgiveness. And you'll be interested whether you're a man or not. Sit back, be motivated, and enjoy today's guest. Thanks again for joining, Mindful Tribe. Okay, Mindful Tribe, I am excited. I have Tim Matthews, the powerful man, on the line today. Hey, Tim, are you in mindfulness mode? (laughs) I sure am. (laughs) That's good. Tim Matthews is a hero at helping men chop down limiting beliefs and regrow their mindset into that of a powerful man who is able to achieve and expand with confidence and contentment. In fact, Tim calls his business the powerful man because he understands how negative self-talk can be flipped into a positive empowerment tool. Tim is totally 100% sold on helping guys reach their next level of happiness, income, success, freedom, and impact through transforming their mindset. So Tim, I am really looking forward to talking with you and finding out like exactly what does mindfulness mean to you and in your life? Mm, first of all, Bruce, thank you for the introduction. I think I'm going to play that over and over every day. <laughs> just think of that. In. Um, mindfulness to me, what does it mean? Do you know, it means presence. Um, there's a concept that I was speaking to our guys about recently. And, you know, we, we're taught or we heard, we hear a lot of showing up in life, you know, showing yeah. up in your business, showing up in your health, whatever. But there's a massive difference between showing up and being present when you show up, huge difference. And for me, I know that I allow myself to to have my feeling as my compass. And for me to be mindful, to be present, to be really in this moment now, it comes from a feeling of, of peace, of calm, of flow and ease and surrender. 
um, is a big one. All these concepts are really big, big things that we uh, we hit on with our guys. And it's a real big shift for them in helping them to shift out of their head and into their heart. It's all about, in my opinion, it's all about heart set versus mindset. Um, judging, comparing, all those things that are often acts of, of a busy mind. So mindfulness is just, for me, presence. Presence in this moment. Well, I like that. And you referred to our men. Tell me about your community of men and how they came together and what that looks like. Yeah. So um, I started The Powerful Man. Oof. Well, it was in August of 2014. So it's quite a little bit into my story. So it really feeds into the whole negative self-talk aspect. So when I was uh, about seven years old, so I grew up in a household whereby I didn't really feel like I could speak my voice. You know, it was, you will, you will watch, um, fear your father and wait till your father gets home and all those kind of things. And I chose to believe that, you know, that it was quite an intimidating environment, if you will. So I never used to get to see my dad a great deal because he worked away a lot. And then when he used to come home, we used to go up and play football in the local field. And uh, this one weekend, he was teaching me how to how to volley, how to kill the ball, and that's soccer as well, by the way. Um, and anyway, a few days later, I was playing in a, a local primary school soccer match, football match, and I scored four goals. And I was like, yes, look at it out. Well, I didn't swear because I was seven. But I was like, yes, I can't wait to get home and tell my dad. He's going to be so proud of me. Uh, I've done everything he's been showing me. Like, this was my moment to really, you know, speak my voice and really just let myself be seen and heard. And I waited for my dad to get home. He got in, he went upstairs, got a shower, um, came down, got a beer, sat in his chair like all dads do. All, dad, all dads have a chair, don't they? Sat in his chair, yeah. Yeah. turned on the TV, and I went to go stand in front of him and, and tell him about these goals. And I can remember it was a really big moment for me. And as I stood there in front of him, he just made that hand movement to just move me to the side. And I just... I can remember just this heavy, this sinking feeling right there and then. And I was just, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I just felt like, what do I have to do to be good enough? And right there and then I formed the belief that just that, that I wasn't good enough. And I looked for ways to, to prove it right my entire life. When my sister, who's seven years older than me, when she went traveling, I believed it was because she didn't want to be around me. I then got girlfriends and I cheated on them because I put myself worth on being able to pull other women. I then took too many drugs, almost died from taking too many drugs because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a people pleaser. This whole pattern of self-sacrifice, all these sabotaging beliefs and behaviors were really running my life for about 28 years. I'm now 31. So about 28 years of running my life. And it all came to a head in in August of 2014. And um, I met one of my good friends called Tom Crawshaw. And he was working his business online, working from anywhere in the world, earning more money, saving more people, happier, everything. He was a real slap in the face of what I desired, but I'd always seen online or whatever. This guy was real in front of me. I know him. And at that point, I was in a relationship and we were, we were engaged and we were about to get married and it didn't, it didn't feel right. I had offices in Leeds. Um, we had a franchise, a fitness franchise. None of it felt right. My whole entire life up to that point was one whereby I was ignoring my gut instinct. I didn't have presence. I was simply showing up, getting things done, smashing things off my to-do list, 
just to, to feel the bravado of getting shit done, essentially. And when I met Tom, that, that the September, about £10,000 was due to be put down on the wedding and my mum and dad were going to pay it. And it really, Tom really got me looking at my entire life. Everything that I knew was there that I had been ignoring. I could tell that all these things weren't right because my gut instinct for telling, was telling me, but I was too afraid to own up to it. And letting my mum and dad put that money down on the wedding, I just couldn't let them do it. So I really just, I just really set about at that moment, just going, I really made the commitment to do life my way. And my way was essentially to be present and to follow my feeling. And I, I went about just putting everything out of my life that wasn't aligned to that. So I got rid of the relationship. I was afraid. I was afraid to get rid of it. I was afraid to, to end it because I feared that nobody else would want me. But in the end, I called the wedding off. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't move into the house that we just bought. I ended the relationship. I got rid of the office. I got rid of the franchisees. I got rid of the business deals I was in. Um, I just really went around getting rid of everything that just wasn't in alignment to what I felt, what I was worthy of, um, essentially. And then fast forward a few months later, and what I did was I managed to create the space in Fitness for Mum to, to just step out of it a little bit because I was really feeling the pull to um, coach. I didn't know what it looked like, but I really felt the pull to coach, to speak, to author. And about that time, I was I was obviously I'd moved back in with my parents, and I was at home one evening, and I could hear my dad just speaking, just crap to my mum downstairs, and it was really, really frustrating me because my bedroom door was open, I could hear it. He came upstairs, he'd been drinking too much, and he said to me, he said, um, "Make sure you fucking take those dogs down before you go to bed." And I was like, "Do not speak to me like that, please." And he said, "Well, make sure you do it," and I said. Do not speak to me like that, please. And you know, a couple of back and forth. I stood up in my doorway. He was stood in his. And after a while, he then said to me, do you know what? If you don't like it, get your bags and leave. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went downstairs, got my bags, sat with my mum for an hour or so, and then made sure she was okay and then left. And the following day, I was going to meet my uncle. And uh, my uncle, who is my dad's eldest brother, somebody who he highly, highly respects, I just told him exactly what his brother was like, what he was going through, well, what he was, how he was behaving at that point, how he was to my mum, to me, my sister, how much he drank, everything. I got my sister on the phone. I had her confess everything. I got my mum on the phone. I had her confess everything. And then I dropped my uncle off from my dad's house to go and go and confront him. Um, and at that point, Bruce, I never really used to post on social media, but I just felt the pull to share this with the world to share the story how as men we often feel unworthy or not good enough, but we very rarely speak it. We very rarely ask for help. And we, as entrepreneurs, as male entrepreneurs, we're often bombarded to invest in the external first, the funnels, the sales, the this, the that, all have a place in your business, but none of them are going to work until you work. So my message was really about that, about these beliefs and and how you are, your way is the way, and it all starts with you. And it just started to really resonate with a lot of men. Um, I really didn't know that I was going to work with men. I really didn't anticipate it being a powerful man. And it just really evolved organically from there into the powerful man. Um, and as a result, kind of, it's almost two years ago now, um, almost 24 months later from when that first incident happened, with my dad and I started sharing it through social media. That was in April of 2015. 
Um, yeah, it's grown into an amazing community and I'm very blessed to be able to to serve men all over the world in various different ways to really assist them in releasing all that isn't them and really embodying all that is. So, um, Tim, is this like a mastermind community? Do you touch base with everybody like once a week or you share through through streaming? Tell me about this. Yeah, I mean, some of it is. We do have a, a, a Facebook community, which is just short of 900 members that we do a lot of amazing trainings in. But how we really get to dive deep with these guys is either on our events. For example, the next one is in the Himalayas in March. That's a seven-day event. And what we do there is the first four days is all about getting to the mountains, no electronics, simply me, the guys, and each other, really focusing and reconnecting to themselves. Because my belief, Bruce, is that when you really allow yourself to be present, and get out of your head and into your heart, you know, you've got all the answers you could ever require. You really, really have. Your heart just knows everything, in my opinion. I'm not saying that you then don't seek assistance from others, but you know what your roadmap looks like because no one, nobody needs to tell you what it is. Our whole ethos is really to assist them in, in, in discovering what their way is because our belief is your way is the way. Um, no, sorry, the way is, yeah, your way is the way. Um, and then how else we facilitate this with the guys, group coaching programs, one-on-one, we do some speaking. So there is some coaching in there. And it's really, although, for example, the past 14 months, we've been lucky enough to have assisted ourselves now, men in generating over $800,000 in revenue. Very, very little of that focus to generate that financial success has been on business strategy. A lot of it has been on mindfulness, like you speak of, has been on alignment, you know, really bring, being aware of what stories they're holding on to, what beliefs they're holding on to, assisting them in, in releasing those, letting go of them, and assisting them in, in taking the actions that are fully aligned to their heart. So these actions become habits and become embodiment. Tim, do you have one story of one man, one specific man that you've helped you've taken that person on you've worked with them and you've helped that person to kind of transform their story and their beliefs so that they're now just rocking it yeah great question there's one guy that immediately came to mind and there's there's quite a few but there's this one guy in particular um and he came to our last event which was in the french alps so similar thing we're doing in the himalayas but the french alps and that was in august back end of august early beginning of September of last year. And basically, this guy was, he is an internet marketer. Um, he's, a, he's a young guy. He's, he's, done, he's had amazing success so far. His business is already in six, he's had amazing financial success so far. His business is already in six figures. And we really wanted to take it to seven figures. And I've known him for 12 months, 12 to 14 months. And the entire time he's been focused on Doing little bits of the internal, but really mastering the external. It's just not getting, not got him anywhere near his 100k month mark. Um, it's really been feast of famine. And anyway, in the French Alps, what we were able to uh, discover through some of the exercises that we gave him was that he had when he was when he was younger, he, he started out in business. He started out in business when he was 13, and the reason why he started out when he was 13 was because. He, his family has just invested in his dad to go into a multi-level marketing company. And his dad didn't take action. 
Um, so he was like, well, screw this. I'm, I'm sick of us not being able to afford things. I'm going to try and make some money for the family. I'm going to try and step up and help us. And he did, and he, able to, he was able to generate some money. But he, he remembered this instance of, him, of his dad really coming down on him and really um, berating him and, and having a go at him, if you like. That's how it was perceived by him, um, about how he was being with his business. And as a result, he then held on to the belief that if he was successful, it meant that his parents would abandon him felt very unloved and disconnected from his father. And as men, we typically all desire the love and approval and connection of our father. We desire to do our father's proud. But anyway, he'd, he'd overlooked this. He, met, he was hiding away from this. And all the time for the past 12 months, he was trying to get to that next level. He just couldn't get there because his actions were just never consistent, never congruent. And there were, there were frequency of actions versus depth of action. So... When we were able to bring this to light, then gave him some exercises to do to release it, which did include having a conversation with his father and his mother. Um, he had a massive, huge emotional release. Um, and he just shifted the entire dynamic of the, the family relationship, the relationship between himself and his father, his father and his mother, him and his mother, um, his whole, whole perspective on the space that he was operating from had shifted, his mindfulness, if you like, had shifted. And as a result, uh, the coming months after that, in September, his business doubled, it then trebled, it quadrupled, and it kept on going like that. And he's, uh, the last time I checked in with him, it was up to between 40 or 50K a month. And um, before we'd been working with him, he was at around, he was around six or seven. Um, so it's those guys, are, you know, they know how to run a business, Although we do help some of the startup guys, but these guys who know how to run a business, they right. know how to how to get customers, if you like, but they're just holding themselves back. They're self-sabotaging. Right, right. So Tim, why is it that as men, we are so emotionally tied to the opinions of our father? Mm, great question. I mean, I think it's, it's something that's just innate, isn't it? Like as we grow, as we um, are young men, when we're young, like five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. we're really taught to look up to people, aren't we? whether it's superheroes or whatever. We're really taught to love that that hero's journey right. of man going through the struggle and becoming successful. And we're really conditioned in a lot of places to really look up to our father and it's very difficult. I've never come across a man that doesn't want to do his father proud. Whether or not he chooses to admit that to himself um, or whether he chooses to actually own that is a different matter. But we love and connection is one of our major human needs as, as human beings. Love and connection is one of our human needs. It just depends on how highly up it ranks. Particularly right. for our men who are all servant leaders, no, they're really heart-centered men that want to impact the world. Love and connection is up there. Um, and your mother and father is just two of the two of the pivotal points of that. And for a guy, especially your father, because typically, until you know better, for those first few years of your life, you aspire often to be like him or to do him proud or to show him. You want to be the man of the house, don't you? It's the, it's the natural journey of a man. If you think about tribes... Tribes have rites of passage, don't they, where 
um, you know, boys turn to men. It's like you will go through this ritual and at the end of it, you will be a man. And yes. then as a man, you will be able to do these duties. And that's kind of what we've, we don't have in, in today's society. I'm not saying it's necessarily needed, but the point is that journey of boys into men is one that sometimes gets missed for some guys. And as a result, we ha- end up having a lot of boys as men. We've not been handed down the lessons from our fathers of what it truly means to be a man. Because sometimes, in my opinion, our fathers, you know, you can't teach unlearned lessons, as one of my very good friends, Javon Langford, says. And um, it's totally right. Like, my father did the best he knew how. And in today's world, it just requires something different, not something more. And we do aspire to be like our fathers in those early days until we awaken to whether or not we believe our fathers were quote-unquote good or bad. And then we choose to go the total opposite way or totally um, like them. It's, it's just I feel like it's just innate. It's innate within all of us. Right. I thought you were friends with Javon. That's awesome. Javon is a great guy. I've been in his workshop in Toronto and mm. really love the way he works with men and the, the messages he shares. I want to ask you, Tim, if you're a father and whether you are or you aren't, what kind of lessons do you teach or would you teach to your son and how would you do it? Oh, amazing. Um, I'm not a father yet. What lessons would I teach? You know, I, I think about this often and I really like to encourage self-inquiry within my son, for example. I would really like him to be able to find his, his own answers by asking him the question about how does it feel? I'd really love for him to be switching on to how things feel because in my opinion, your gut instinct is very, very rarely wrong. I've never had an experience with myself where it has ever been wrong. And that could be whether I've chosen to ignore it and it's ended up in a in a negative situation, or I've chosen to listen to it and it's been part it's always, always been the truth. So I really love him to really go through life instead of asking himself, hmm, what do I think about this? I'd love him to ask himself, hmm, how do I feel about this? How does this feel? And the second thing I'd love to convey to him is that anything he feels is not good or bad. And I'd love him to go through life really being able to claim his emotions and really feel comfortable expressing those to other people and expressing those from the point of view of, I noticed that I feel this, And that when you did that, I chose to feel this and so on and so forth. So he's never blaming anyone uh, for how he feels, but always, always communicating authentically all that is going on within him. Because as men, we taught to suppress our feelings so much that when you then step into the business world, it's difficult to access your full creativity and full power and let that all flow and thrive and be fully expressed whilst we are either suppressing parts of us, whilst we are perceiving certain emotions as being good or being bad, or whilst we are holding on to anger, for example. So I'd really love him to be able to claim his feelings and always, always express them 
whether it's verbally, whether it's physically, i.e., you know, going somewhere and releasing his anger or his frustration, whatever it is. Well, I really like that you're saying the different ways to express your emotion because uh, for a lot of us, I think we think, oh, express my emotion, that means words. But you're saying, oh, no, I could express my emotion by being physical and going out there. Can you expand on that? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So here's something that often comes up for our men. So a lot of men, from my experience, often hold on to anger because – We've been taught that anger is something to be feared. Mm. Oh, don't do that. You're going to scare her or don't express anger in front of women or whatever it is. I'm not saying anger towards a woman. I'm just saying in front of. And basically what that does, when you hold on to emotions, let's say, for example, anger, whatever you think in your mind, you feel in your body. So we can have all the mindfulness that we want. We can do all the letting go of beliefs. But as long as we hold on to that energy, that emotion that was created at the time the belief was formed, as long as we hold on to that and suppress it, it it gets triggered. Whatever you uh, resist persists. So an exercise that we give, we offer to our guys is something we call primal rage release. And what we invite them to do, and this was a powerful, powerful exercise for me, what we invite them to do is take like a bat, whether it's a golf club or a bat or whatever it is, and be in a room that you can swing it above your head. And that to, well, before you do this, let me take a step back. Before you do this, um, we invite them to put themselves in the place of when they were feeling the anger, when the anger first came up. So this exercise is often given after we've identified that they're holding on to anger or resentment or frustration, whatever it is. So then when they go up to the bedroom with the bat and they put themselves in the place, we just get them to start hitting the bed with the bat. So as they go down, go from above your head onto the bed, allow yourself to bend into your knees. And as you're doing so, you're thinking about the source of it and allow yourself to verbalize it and vocalize it. And just let your body be expressed as much as it wants to be. If it wants to speed up, if it wants to hit softer, hit harder, let your voice be expressed. There will be noises inside of you that you never knew you suppressed. Mm. You'll be able to scream louder than you've ever imagined. And when you do, a huge, huge amount of clarity comes as a release, uh, as a result. My experience of this, for example, um, I had like a big square cushion. It was a bioenergetic session I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I just started to hit it with both hands, both like fists, and I'd bend my knees as well. And I put myself in the position when I was laid in bed. It, this was quite often. I was laid in bed, and I could hear some altercation going on between my mum and my dad. And clearly my dad was the one that was not being very nice to my mum. Right. I was very young, and I never expressed myself. And as I was doing this... Um, I never intended to go to that place, but I just was immediately taken there. And the noises that came out of me, the, the things along the lines of like, leave her alone, all sorts of stuff, um, all yeah. sorts of all sorts of crazy noises that I can really remember. I thought when I was a seven-year-old boy, but never expressed. And it's so 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 powerful to be able to feel safe in releasing that anger or frustration and express that you get an amazing amount of clarity, an amazing level of forgiveness, an amazing level of lightness 
Um, it's, it's massively, massively powerful. Wow. Wow. That is really, really eye-opening how you're describing this as an actual process you can take to get to the bottom of your emotions. So being a powerful man is about reaching your emotions and knowing how to describe them and how to share them and communicate them. What else does it mean? Mm, amazing. Um, what does a powerful man mean? Really, it's a powerful man, first and foremost, is, is powerfully connected to himself. Expression and emotions is, is, a, is a huge part of that, but also being able to ask for what you want as well. Mm. Um, as men, we often think about what we want and we often then go at it on our own by ourselves. We very rarely ask for help. And right. part of the emotions is our voice. Our voice has typically been suppressed. We think one thing and we often say another. So a powerful man is someone who's able to communicate what he desires, ask for what he wants in his relationship, ask for what he wants in his business, ask for what he wants of others, speak his voice and ask for help. Just ask because it's something that we we massively, massively hold back from because as men, we often see it as weakness to ask for help. Yes. We often see it as weakness to ask for something in our relationship that we really want because, you know, we're supposed to be the man who's got it all together, who can bear the burden, who can go it alone, who boom, boom, all those things. Vulnerability and surrender are two of the key traits of a powerful man. Um, oh, there's wow. five concepts that we we encourage our guys to live by, and they are total transparency, follow your feeling, surrender to what is, full expression, and to seek out what scares you. They are the five. If you if you know that you are living by those every day, then you are living a very full life, a very full life. And what scares you? What scares me? What scares me right now? Um, do you know what? As I was speaking to you before we jumped on here, I was saying that the next evolution uh, for me is live, doing things live, live speaking. And as much as I really feel the pull, I just know it. It feels oh, it feels so exciting. Um, I'd probably say right now that is there is a little element of being scared, but am I still moving towards it? Yes, 100 percent Um and the other thing that really scares me, and Amelia's in the other room right now, so she may even hear this. Sometimes what scares me is being fully honest, open, and transparent in my relationship with Amelia. That's my partner. Um, you know, communicating what I desire. Um, in my opinion, your relationships are the biggest mirror of, of your level of self-worth. Um, well, how you are willing to show up in your relationships, how you're willing to ask for what you want and how able you are to receive love and give love. Uh, it, it tells a lot about how you are going to show up in your business um, and how you're going to show up with the money, how you're going to show up with yourself. 
Wow, this is really powerful. How you are able to receive love, how you're able to give love, how you're able to be open and honest. I know when you spoke about your fear, I'm I'm thinking of last night I was doing a live presentation and I think like two or three hours before I felt, man, Bruce, like, are you really prepared? Like, look at your PowerPoint. Like, that sucks. Like, come on, Bruce. Like, you got to do better than this. And like, I'm thinking these kinds of thoughts and I'm kind of working away and my PowerPoint and I'm trying to make last minute changes. And then I just thought, stop, take a deep breath, just relax. You got to be relaxed. And the whole thing about a live presentation is connecting with the audience. It doesn't even matter if I have a PowerPoint. It doesn't even matter if I have images. It's about what I have to share. I went and did the presentation and they just so many of the attendees came and talked to me and said, oh, wow, man, that was just amazing. Thank you. Thank you for bringing those ideas to us. So I don't know, like sometimes I have those fears and I have those, you know, those doubts. And yet I think, you know, just push forward and do it. And yes, you have to be prepared, but it's so much to do with what goes on up there in your mind, like like you're describing. Tim, I've been working in bullying prevention for some time. I'm wondering if, do you have a story about bullying? Like you've already expressed some some ways that you felt things weren't very smooth for you in the past, but do you have something you can share with us on this topic? Um, yeah, I think I do. I mean, in primary school, um, so when I was in year three, um, so that's in the UK, year three, probably about seven or eight. Like I've never, I've never been a bully um, by any means, but in primary school, when I'm, when I moved to the new primary school, um, I, I moved from a, a place called Horsforth and I very much looking back, I felt, I felt a little bit bullied in the place that we lived. Okay. Um, I don't know. I probably, I'm sure it wasn't like that. It's just that the standout memories, my recall of it, or a couple of memories, uh, whereby people were saying certain things to me and acting certain ways. And I can remember that just a feeling of heaviness. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that wasn't. Uh, the majority of the time, but, you know, we tend to remember things like that, don't we, as, as, as young men. So anyway, when I then moved to, to the other side of Leeds and I was in primary school, I can remember I used to use um, intimidation quite a lot and I'd use it in retaliation for something happening. Um, I, always, I used to be quite, how would I put this? I used to be quite reactive. So in terms of mindfulness and in terms of calm and things, there wasn't anything really there when I was, when I was younger. I, it was quite a, a reactive space that I lived, that I existed in. Mm-hmm. And um, I can remember when I went to high school and I really made the promise to myself. I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to carry this into high school. I'm going to really knuckle down. I'm really going to study and I'm really going to keep out of trouble. and I'm going to try hard and, um, and that's what I did, and you know, was, and that, that that's what happened. And I've I've never I've never been a bully. I think I feel like I've been on the receiving end of um, you know just just banter, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, having fun when I was uh, having fun taken out of me, and taking fun out of people. 
Um, and it's always come from a place of, um, I'd say, vulnerability. But what I mean by vulnerability is not wanting to be seen, really. Being scared of being seen. That was a place that it always came from. Right. It was almost like a retaliation before I felt the attack. It was almost like a retaliation in case of a, in case of an attack. And linking that into the story that I told earlier about what happened when I was seven and not not really feeling like I was able to speak my voice and stuff as a young man, um, you know, maybe that was, maybe that fed into it as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yes, yes, that is interesting. Tim, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round, just short 30-second. Answers are perfect. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? One person who has influenced me, Tom Crawshaw. Okay. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? <laughs> Allow me to feel them. Mm. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. Mm, everything, everything. If I notice my breathing's tight, I know I'm fearful. If I want to connect to the moment, I breathe through my nose. Um, first thing I do in the morning is breathe. Just everything for me is about breath. It tells me everything about my connection. Cool. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? Hmm. The Surrender Experiment. Oh, I love that book too. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Um, I cannot, no. Okay. What advice would you give someone who is new to this whole idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Allow your breath to be a guider. Um, your breath tells you a lot about where you are, where you're operating from, are you out of fear or love? Um, and also allow yourself to follow your feeling. Identify the feelings that you know you experience when you're in your head, which has been busy, it's been judgmental, it's been chaotic. Um, identify the feelings that you experience when you're being really mindful. That's usually peace, love, joy, balance, flow. And um, when I say mindful, I really mean I really don't refer to the mind as such. I refer to a way of being, um, a state of being that's just bliss, in my opinion. Oh, Tim, such powerful advice. How can Mindful Tribe connect with you and learn more about what you do and maybe sometime possibly become part of your group of powerful men? Yeah, cool. So as of right now, uh, the website's in the construction. So I don't know, maybe by the time you listen to this, it'll be live, thepowerfulman.com. But other than that, just reach out to me on, on Facebook. I'm a very personal guy. Um, we do have a personal, I'm a very personable guy. Um, we do have a Facebook community as well that I'd love to welcome you into. And, um, Bruce, I'd love to offer your guys, um, a training that I recently did for our high level guys. There's, there's no opt-in for it. Um, there's no pitch on it, but if you'd love to learn more about awareness, acceptance, allowance, and some of the methods we teach our guys, I'd be happy to, happy to gift that to, to anybody. Oh, and we just reach out to you on Facebook to get connected for that training. Is that right? Yeah, just shoot me a message on Facebook and we can uh, get those links fired across to you. Perfect. That is fantastic. I have really enjoyed talking with you and what powerful insight because it's true as men, 
yeah, we have some issues. You know, this whole this whole piece of connecting and knowing what we really want and being able to express it. So thanks so much for bringing a new dimension to men's lives all over the globe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You have a great rest of your day, Tim. Thank you, Bruce. You too. Yeah. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.